0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the QBIQ Podcast, I'm Chet Walters. Today our guest is Glenn Kuet, uh past quarterback, or excuse me, this this past season quarterback of the Dresden Monarchs in the GFL, the German Football League. Really a path and a stop that he never thought that he, he would be in, and, and a stop that he never thought he would make. Uh, former quarterback at Tulane, former quarterback at Texas Southern, and really great story, uh, Very much like the rest of our guests, taking paths and roads that they really didn't think that they would take or not really the picture that they thought uh, or that they painted when they were younger. So awesome to talk to Glenn and learn about his path so far and the stops he's made at quarterback at different schools and, and now in another country and what his journey is going to look like moving forward. So guys, enjoy the episode today with Glenn Kuet. Of course, find us on all our social channels Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all at QBIQ System. Playoff time, baby. It is playoff time for all the guys that we're doing game grades with and everybody else out there, all the teams, players, coaches that are using QBIQ. Fellas, go get it. It's playoff time. Enjoy the episode today.
1: I was born in Los Angeles, and um, I really never played football until I was about – tackle football until I was about uh, freshman year of high school. I played flag here and there as I grew up, but nothing serious. Nothing like with the true concepts and true dynamic of the game. So I was very green when I was going in. Um, But, uh, yeah, I started out as, a, I think, a running back, and then safety and cornerback. I played everywhere freshman football. Trying to figure out where I fit best, and then I told the coach, "Hey, I want to play quarterback because I've always had a very good arm for my age." And um, he just tried it out. And then sophomore year, things were kind of, you know, a little rough with the learning curve. But after that, that's when everything started picking up, and you know, the rest is history
0: right now. So, well, what's the? I mean, you're 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 a big dude too. What's, how, how tall are you? I'm only six foot. No, you're only six foot. All right. Well, you look a lot bigger on camera. I don't know if that's good or bad. Uh, it's good.
1: Um, cause, uh, it's because, like, I mean, I have a lot of. I'm pretty solid. Like that's the thing. Okay. That I Myself with.
0: Cool. Well, dude, that's awesome. So California is where you started, and you've kind of made several dis- different stops along your way. I-, I know it's there's Tulane and Texas Southern, and had some tryouts with C- CFL because I saw it on your little YouTube channel there. Mm-hmm. Um, um, some of the documentation and the vlogging that you're doing, which is like the thing to do for athletes now which we'll we'll get into but what was the like what was the tulane texas southern how how did that how did all that happen?
1: Oh yeah, well, going into Tulane i mean it was the only school that kind of really offered me, and I honestly was the only school that I needed it was close to home, great education, and you know the 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 situation was just perfect for me. And um I knew I was going to start off low in the depth chart because they had a lot of quarterbacks and I was behind Nick Montana, Devin Powell and Tanner Lee. So, you know, as a freshman coming in, you know, that's pretty daunting, but I took, I embraced it because I had uh, the Ball State head coach, Coach New. He was there at the time and he recruited me. He liked what he saw. So he gave me a lot of, you know, uh, motivation to come there and, and he made me really excited. And, At the end of the day, like, I mean, I went through the whole four years of there and I did my part and I did everything I could. I worked and it just, you know, the offense kind of turned for more of a running style, option style. So then I said, all right, well, I guess this is a time where I could, I should, you know, leave so I can find a better situation that fits my skill set, so to speak. And so that's whenever I went to Texas Southern and Texas Southern, that's where one of the GAs at the time at Tulane, he was at Texas Southern as a a line coach so therefore that's how that all unraveled
0: gotcha man that just proves the the point of that this game is all about relationships right yeah (laughs) definitely definitely that's that's crazy so what was uh what was the difference between Tulane and Texas Southern just culture wise football wise was there a big difference for
1: you uh the difference was that Texas Southern, obviously, is not going to be at the level of Tulane when it comes to facilities and, you know, all that kind of stuff because of the playing levels and also the the division and conference they're in because I didn't know going in that certain conferences get more money than others. I never thought – I never knew the logistics behind all of it. I'm just a player at the time. I never really dug deep on it. But once I started digging deep and actually hearing about it because I was very close with Coach Haywood, and he would give me the ins and outs because he knew I wanted to be a coach after football's done. So he told me how everything kinda worked a little bit. And I never knew that there was budgets and all that stuff involved, like for not just the school, but just for conferences and how much money you get depend on, you know, your performance, your deals, all that stuff. So sure. I never knew that. So therefore, like I was surprised whenever um my ignorance was kinda <laughs> debunked whenever I went there and I just kinda wasn't it's not like it was bad. I mean, it just wasn't like, you know, too lame because not everywhere is the same, you know, that's what I'm trying to yeah. get at. And yeah, it, was just, yeah. it was just different. And, um, but I still enjoyed my time there. I mean, we unfortunately couldn't really ma- get any wins th- the last season and it was a struggling, uh, program, but we're trying to turn around and I'm still supporting them as we go. I still have teammates, but it just was very different when it comes to the culture and. Uh, how things were ran when it came to the administration and stuff like that, but I wasn't really a part of that. So, but that's all I heard. Sure. But that's yeah. pretty much what the difference was.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. And so, so Tulane first, then Texas Southern, and then what kind of happened? What kind of happened after that? So, did you get like a master's at Texas Southern, or what? What happened there?
1: Yeah, I, I just, I mean, honestly, I'm gonna be honest with you. I wanted to get my master's, but then I. It was a lot of conflict between staying in the um, – I believe it was a spring semester. Yeah, spring semester that I had to stay and finish. And I wanted to work out and tr- prepare for the, uh, you know, pro days and everything, the draft prep. And I, because, I mean, you know, I, I felt like it was possible. And, I mean, you might as well give it a shot. So I didn't want to have that intrude with my training because I didn't know anybody in Houston that did any training. And I didn't really – I like to – keep it close with people that I can, that I've been knowing, you know, familiarity. So, so that happened. So therefore, I mean, I kind of did, I took my classes. I got a lot of credits for it and stuff like that. I mean, I could probably finish up in a semester or so. So I could always go back and do that whenever I'm in uh, as a GA, but yeah, like that's, I didn't really get my master's, but after I got done with Texas Southern, I kind of just made a decision with myself. I sat down and said, all right, do you really want to chase this or not? And then I said, of course, I want to chase it. So then I said, okay, then we got to make all the right moves or just make moves, really, just to get yeah. through a better situation than just sitting at home and be a workout warrior like a lot of these guys who unfortunately fall under, you know? Right. Just try, just keep on playing football because at the FCS Bowl, I forgot, I, his name slips me right now, but he was a director of operations at the FCS Bowl in Daytona. No, in um, yeah, Daytona Beach, he said – um the if you still have film on you, you're always relevant. If you always have film, you're relevant. So always never stop getting film. That's the best advice I've ever heard. So I said, Oh, that's one way to put it. So therefore just keep trying. Keep going for it. And um yeah, so that's kinda how that unraveled. Yeah,
0: yeah that's that's a great point. And I mean you you'll you'll get into it I'm sure with being in Germany now, but with all these leagues overseas and all these opportunities popping up now that, that weren't really, that they may have been available, but weren't really known about five, six, seven years ago. Now it's like anybody has the option. And I shouldn't say anybody to discredit it, but really if you've got the will and the drive that you're talking about, then you have the, the opportunity to go play. So when you got done there at Texas Southern, was that, and you said you're going to make a decision of, am I going to do this or not? Was that the point you were making that decision, or did you kind of know that that's what you wanted to do? You wanted to try to play at a higher level all oh, along. Or...
1: Yeah, I kn- I knew I wanted to play at a higher level. When I when I was just saying that, I was saying more so like, all right, you got to decide right now how you're going to commit. Pretty much, right. you can't say you want to do it. You got to figure out how you want to do it, how you're going to attack it, and what do you have to do first to get the you know to get the snowball rolling. And I sure. said, hey, you got to find an agent. If you feel like it's necessary, find an agent. So that's what I did, and the rest is history. We went to all kind of um, like showcases and events. Um, went to you know Daytona for that FCS bowl. Went to Roanoke for another bowl game, and which I won MVP in. And I you know never heard of that bowl game. So
0: which 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 uh, which bowl game was that?
1: It was the uh, HBCU Spirit Bowl. Okay. Yep. Yeah and they're affiliated with the dream bowl as well yeah
0: yeah dude i i coached in the dream bowl um gosh i don't know when this was maybe three or four years ago what year were you there
1: oh it was um this past this past uh this year okay january january february
0: how was that experience for you
1: oh it was it was cool seeing a different side of the uh of the of the country um I'm not really, I'm from the South and I've always been in, out West. So I never really ventured off in the middle section of the country or, there, or like Northeast or Eastern coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was different seeing all the Hills and everything. So it was really cool <laughs> that. and nice. different ways of living. That was really cool for me to see though.
0: Yeah. 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 Very cool. Well, that's awesome. That's, that's great. Um, so you kind of brought us up to, kind of present day about last january now you're you're in germany right
1: yeah i was in germany i'm home right now for the time being but um right now uh a lot of teams are shopping around and because it's the end of the season we just got done like three weeks ago and so right now they're trying to shop around and find out who they want to bring in who what imports and stuff like that so it's recruiting process time pretty much yeah
0: yeah so yeah, like, what was that? Because uh, you got picked up by Dresden Monarchs in like June or this past summer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, sir. Okay, so what was that like? What was that like? How did you get on the radar? How did that even become an option to to go play overseas?
1: <clears throat> well, when I whenever I was whenever I first made that decision to chase it, to chase uh, you know going forth in a higher level, I sat down and said, all right, what are other leagues I could play in. This was way back in like November. And I found out they had German football. And I was like, I don't know. I remember, I don't remember how I found out, but I just remember I scoured the net and I found it. And I said, okay, this is a possibility. And I looked up some YouTubers, you looked up the website, everything, just kind of figured out, get a feel for it. And I kind of liked what I saw. And I'm like, this is pretty cool. So then I did more research on Germany because I had no clue about Germany. Um, and I saw how Germany is a really, Honestly, a very nice, very awesome country. And I was like, dude, this is pretty, this is a sick opportunity. I can't believe this is available. So then I just kind of kept it on the side as I worked for the NFL and CFL. And I honestly thought I was going to go to the uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders because I got into a mini camp and they're showing me a lot of, uh, a lot of love and respect. And, you know, kind of the business side came into play. It was down to me and this other guy, and he won, it. he won it out. But that's just business. That's how it goes. It's football. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I kind of was squandering around, just working out and just staying at home and trying to figure out what I'm going to do. Because I missed the deadline because everybody reports in March for the German League. And so all of a sudden, I'm just on a website at europlayers.com, which is the website I used. I failed to mention that. Um that's a website that we use that you want to get into the European side of football where all the European teams are on there or majority of them. And they come and look for players on there. And I kind of just reached out to people and nobody was biting on anything. And then all of a sudden I saw one coach online and I just said, Hey coach, if you need any help at quarterback, I'm your guy, but I know if you're not looking for players, that's fine. Just anybody who you know that needs a quarterback, just give me a call. And then all of a sudden he said, yeah, our quarterback actually just had an injury, injury last week. How soon can he come out? And it was such short notice, and I was like, geez, okay. <laughs> I was like, all right. I mean, uh, I could come out, like, whenever you guys need me. Like, I'm available. And then yeah. he said, great. Right, so, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll fly you out Wednesday. And this was, like, a Sunday. And then I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to Germany. And I told my parents, I'm like, hey, I'm going to Germany. And they're like, what? And I said, yeah. Um They're like, there's no time to do vacations. You know, there's no time for all <laughs> of I was like, no, I'm playing in Germany. They're like, what? Really? Like there's like there's Germany, there's football in Germany. I said, yeah, there's a whole league out there. It's pretty, pretty respectable. It's the best in Europe, I believe. And then he goes, yeah, okay, well, that's awesome. And the rest is history. You know,
0: it was very Dude, fun. That is awesome. I mean, what a, what a, just like a pivotal moment, right? A change yeah. of, of uh, really of everything for you, just messaging that coach and putting yourself out there and, Dude, how awesome is that?
1: Yeah, it was like literally when I look back on it, like a couple months ago, how when it happened, it's such a short, like, like a lot of things happen is what I was trying to say. Is like, I let the tryouts and nothing happened, tryout, nothing happened, you know, and all of a sudden I'm just home for like a month or so, a couple weeks, and then I, and that happens, and then all of a sudden I'm in, I'm in, Europe, I'm in Germany, you know, in January. Right. I'm there for the whole month. I only played one game, played a great game, the first game against uh, a playoff team that was undefeated, and we lost by three points. They uh, returned the punt back for a touchdown later in the game with yeah. time winding down. And then the next two game, yeah, two games I didn't play because the starter came back and, um, you know, I kind of just, you know, bide my time just enjoying the moment and just, you know. Enjoying the opportunity to, have, to practice football against bodies—that's what I really missed. That's what you need as a quarterback. That's crucial. I never realized yeah. how crucial that is. You can go out in a field and throw with your guys, but it's different when you have seven on seven, you know, eleven on eleven, obviously. And that's the big time. Like that's what I—that's what I looked at. I said this is crucial for me to keep on my my skills and keep everything sharpened in my craft, you know, because mm. this could help me get better regardless. Yeah. To process information faster, the whole nine yards, right? And so, yeah, like I mean, I they didn't tell me it was only a month contract, and after the end of the month, they kind of said, "All right, we we kind of want you back." And so then I said, "All right, uh, yeah, well, I'll come back. Yeah, I love that." And then other teams were coming after me at the time because I had one great game that was really good, and were, everybody was impressed by it. The team that we played wanted me, and another team that won a German Bowl, they were looking after me. So it Which opened up. Uh Braunschweig, the okay, local yeah. yeah, yep,
0: yeah.
1: It, was, it opened a lot of doors for me, and
0: that's awesome, man. I mean, like, what a just what a what a change in everything. It sounds like. I mean, even just you telling that, like, totally different, uh, just totally different enthusiasm. Where you just got basically just told, hey, come to Germany to play football, and all of a sudden now these other other GFL teams are looking at you and there's competition and you're, you're toning your, you're honing in on your skills and you're getting video like that one coach told you, I mean, it just sounds like everything was kind of, you know, the boxes were being checked almost and you were getting all the things that you wanted.
1: Yes. It's it's, kind of surreal when I, a little bit, when I look back on it, but then again, I also say that's just me following directions, like following what I knew is needs to be done, you know, just taking care of business, not getting distracted, just taking care of business. And, at the end of the day, that's what's going to happen if you just, you know, follow your follow the course and things yeah. will open up. So, I mean, don't get discouraged with time because impatience is, you know, really the key of fear and insecurity. That's what that is. Mm. So you have to be patient in the process.
0: Very, but, uh, that's a great point. But so yeah, it's, like, I, it's got to. See, it seems like throughout all these different changes and, and these different moves and all these obstacles and ups and downs. Has there been something, or like, do you like? How do you deal with all that? Do you, is there like, do you write out your goals, or do you have a method to kind of work yourself through and stay level amongst all this up and down roller coaster stuff?
1: Yeah. Um. The what I like to do. I mean, if you check on my, I don't have many of them, but I posted about a a book that I read, or that I read, or that I'm reading. Actually, I'm sorry, I'm reading this current book about it. It's on my um, my Instagram. But I read a lot of books on my spare time and I stay away from, uh, I just stay away from social media too much because people get that feeling yeah. of, oh, this guy's doing something to that guy's doing this. And they kind of feel insecure or something. You know, it, social media has that aspect. So, especially whenever you're striving for something that's very lofty, like, like this. So, right. I just kind of keep a level head and just keep reading books. And I read books like Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And it even says in that book, like, it literally gets down, like, it hits everything that you kind of feel at the moment or that you ever felt before as a football player. And it's for everything in life. It's broad. It's very broad on, the on like, you know, its application. But it talks about desire. You can't have a goal that you want to achieve without desire. And then it says persistence is another thing. You have to keep being persistent on what you want to get and what you want to strive for. And it has a story in there that if you read it talking about uh, 30 or three feet to gold where just a story about a guy who was a driller. He was mining. He was looking for like a pot of gold, like not pot, but like a whole mine of gold filled with like millions of dollars worth. And he's he quit and he sold his items to the, some other guy. The other guy got some guy to calculate where the mine would be. And he's like, oh, it's three feet that way. He dug it, found gold. So the method of that wow. story was don't quit. Cause you're so close and that's kind of right.
0: I or like find a, just because this specific way is not working, mm-hmm. find another way, you exactly. know, or try something else or move three feet, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's great.
1: Yeah. It's just, it's all about perspective and keeping your, um, keeping just like your imagination, um, like your imagination or how you can apply it in metaphors to help you get by. And cause there are going to be times that you feel like, you know, Oh man, like this is, is this even worth it? Like, you know, all this kind of stuff, but you're going to question it, but if you just keep sticking with it, you know, the benefits are way more, you know, it's just, it's just worth it
0: for me. Right. No doubt. So, so the season's over right now, right? In Germany. Yeah. Okay. So what's, what is this time for you now? You're back home. Are you talking to other teams? What, what's the current, the current, uh, yeah. Time.
1: Yeah. So, um, honestly, like I said, this whole thing opened a lot more doors for me looking back. Cause it's been a whole year since I made that decision that I talked about after Texas Southern. So this is a month that has been the whole year. Um, and looking back on it, I said, wow, like I had only one agent that wanted me after people that saw my film. And now I have, you know, an agency that I just signed with that helps with, you know, sports management and, They have connections with NFL PA certified contract advisors and such like that. All these agents that are certified and, and also um, all these teams in Europe, they want me like, it's, it's crazy because I had about 15 offers. I believe it's like, I had a couple from Serbia, a couple from France, one from England, and then another one from, uh, I believe it was Italy and then five or six from uh, Germany. So it, I mean, it all this like it just—they just come from everywhere, and it was, it was crazy. And off of that same website, Euro Players. So yeah, it's Dude, all you're
0: like, the, you're like the top free agent going on right now. Everybody's yeah. trying to get after you.
1: It feels like that because that's—I mean, even the, uh, the German Bowl—that's what they call it, the German Bowl. That's like a Super Bowl for them. And they, um, the team that won it, they—they're trying to get me. And we got a call at the end of this week with it. So. I mean, it's it's crazy. It's crazy how, you know, just how things kind of just changed. You know, you went from not knowing. Now you have more, you know, more of like a, what's the word? Um, a, Like a solid knowing of what's going on.
0: Okay. Or, yeah. You know,
1: more foundation yeah. on the where you know you're going to go. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's crazy sure. how,
1: how much that changed.
0: So, so what would be like blue sky best case scenario for you? you've got all these 15 teams looking for you or talking to you or interested in you. Where, where do you want to be? What would be the best case scenario for you in your opinion?
1: I mean, to be honest with you, I, it's, I mean, Germany is a great place to go and play, but at the end of the day, you know, that my goal is NFL CFL level. And I, right now I'm even talking to CFL scouts and, you know, trying to get film to them and stuff like that. And whenever their season's over, that's going to pick up even more and they're going to have tryouts and stuff. So therefore Scouts, my agents had been telling me that scouts, they know about me. They've seen my film and stuff. and Or like they've heard about me or somewhere, some regard like that. And they just, you know, it's opening up more doors because last year they had no clue who I was. Because I went to a tryout and I was doing really well. Like I was throwing the ball very well, putting it in great spots. And the coach said, he's like, what's your name, son? And I said, you know, told him my name. And then he kind of just said, where are you from? Like what school? I said, uh, I went to Tulane, but then I was at Texas, Texas Southern last season. And he said, he's like, I, was like, I don't know why, like, I, I I can't get any information on you. I was like, he's like, I never, like, basically saying I never heard of you, like, type of thing. And I was like, right. well, I'm like that's crazy, like, how they don't even know. <laughs> like, they're like, there's so, and I put it in perspective, like, there's so many players. And honestly, like, I didn't have the best season at Texas Southern. You know, it was a, I battled some injuries and stuff, and it was a tough, you know, Program, we're trying to turn around and stuff, you know, all that, you know, young players that are playing and everything. So it just, yeah, it was tough. And, but it was just, it's just weird how that's all turned around now. Mm -hmm. And it's a whole year later. It's kind of a Kurt Warner kind of story, you know, that I'm trying to go for. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's a great, dude. That's a great comparison. So obviously, I mean, we're QBIQ. So we always talk about the IQ part of the game and the, the IQ part of being quarterback. And, Really loved some of the things you were saying earlier about, um, you know, the books that you're reading and the things that, that keep you grounded so that you can strive towards your goal. Bring it into a football perspective, and even more specifically, as a quarterback, how important has it been for you to be consistent between the ears?
1: It's been very important for me because I noticed that it's all mental like sure it's mechanics sure it's everything else. And everybody's going to say the same thing. It's all mental, but I never understood that until I saw it, you know, with my performance. Cause first year at Tulane, I was struggling with the playbook. We had plays like that were just like a whole two sentences long. And
0: give us it, one. You can like, give us one. If you can remember,
1: it was like Falcon left nasty, um, three eighty three, uh, dragon kill Rod 34 base on yellow. Ready break, like stuff like that. And then there was yeah. another one that was very long, which I can't remember. Like we had like it was so long where we had to do the you know, the wristband, the, the little the self-coach cards on the wristband. And um yeah, it just it was crazy out there like for that. And I my my mind was spinning. I was just throwing picks left and right as a freshman. I was just freaking I was just going at it, man. I was I was a whole mess. And then the year I decided to just calm down when I started just, you know, getting settled and put things in perspective. I was like, there's only 11 guys on the field. That's what I said. And I said, if you just minus the D-line, there's only eight guys in coverage if they're odd, seven in coverage if it's even front. And if they blitz somebody, that's only six. You know, like, you got to put it – you got to just put it in perspective. That's why I was like, okay. Like, it's fine. It's easy. Then I noticed things got easier and easier. Like, because just changing my perspective, you know, because you get overwhelmed when you're out there, seeing all these big bodies out there. But – when you start just putting, just calming down and just thinking about it, like, Hey, they're not superhuman. You know, we're quarterbacks. We're smarter than them. You know, that's what I like to believe. And I got that chip on my shoulder to think that, and Hey, like you put, you can put the ball in certain spots that they can't get. So, and only receivers can. So that's what I started saying. And also I just kind of just told myself, just calm down. Just, you know, just play, study, look at film and trust what you see. And, you know, things just kind of unfolded for me. It was on like, everything was just coming together And it felt good because like you said, just being consistent with that with your mindset and just not overthinking the game is a big part. That's a big thing with young quarterbacks that I suffered and I see a lot of other guys suffer.
0: So Sure, yeah, kinda getting thrown into the fire and getting super overwhelmed and and your mind starts racing then then you kinda become illogical almost. You're not you're not thinking clearly and so that's super cool. I, I really like the way you said you know, based on the odd or even, there's only seven or eight guys that could be in coverage. Was there is there a process? Obviously, what we do at QBIQ, IQ, right, right? We we look at uh, body language and we identify our safety to corners and all those things. And was there a process for you, or has there been throughout throughout your playing career of what you're looking at to identify coverages?
1: Yeah, I was always taught to go look at first find your safeties. That's what I do first. I find my safeties. I look at what they're doing. I see where they're where are they standing at? So if they're outside of the hash marks, both safety is too high, and they're outside of the hash marks, I'm, like, saying, okay, it's most likely going to be some kind of cover two. Or if that corner is pressed hard, it might be some kind of corner blitz, potentially. But mainly let's keep it simple, cover two, some type of cover two. And all of a sudden, if they rotate, then I know at the snap of the ball or by your cadence, you could tell if they're going to rotate by body language. And then um, if I see rotation, depending on the route concept, I work away from it. If it's, you know, if it's a hot read, I could throw, I could throw to it. And then, so depend on the, the type of blitz or rotation with it, because there's a lot of various things that, you know, play. There's a lot of, you know, different things, scenarios. But that's what I look for, safeties. And after the safeties, I look at the corners, see how they're playing, because I could get a cheap, easy five-yard out, five-yard hitch, whatever it may be if they're off. And um, after that, I just kind of find my nickel, the, the nickel backer. I see where he's at and see how he's playing. If it's zone, I know it's zone. Like he's either like he's not looking at the guy, he's not staring at him. And if it's a linebacker, I know it's zone. Pretty much, they're hardly ever going to put man unless he's some freak athlete. That that's all pregame, you know. But that's all game planning for yeah. that before. But if he's some linebacker, I know it's going to be man. I mean, I was zone most of the time. But if it's like a corner, if I know it's a nickel, it definitely is going to be some type of man, you know, that they're going to yeah. put in. Or something like that, or just little things like that. So, and that's usually for passing downs. But I mean, you got right. like to get into it and go all deep into it. I, I'm like, I love talking about this kind of stuff, but that's really what I look for just safeties. And After my safeties, I look for the nickel back or if there's any, if there's more, if there's another defen- defensive back there. Mm-hmm. And I look at cornerbacks and just kind of just see what I'm looking at. But mainly it's just the safeties that I look at. They kind of tell, like, tell you everything. So,
0: when no they're aligned. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one of the things. I mean, it's it's in the QBIQ book, and we talk to all the guys that we work with, right? I mean, they're going to be lined up within inches of their post snap responsibility. Yeah, right? I mean, th- those guys they can fool you to a certain degree. They can show you one thing and do something else, but they they're, have to be so close to what their post snap responsibility is because they have to go take care of that.
1: Yes, they are very concerned that they're – like, they don't ever – their coach – honestly, I heard one of my defensive coordinators say, don't ever disguise till you're out of position. Don't ever do that. He said, never disguise too much where you're out of position. Like, you can never do that. Like, if you're supposed to be – like, obviously, they won't do this, but if you're, like, supposed to be taking a deep middle, middle third, you can't just be at, like, in the box, like, somewhere, like, on the line of scrimmage, act like you're about to – like, you can't do that. So, they're going to – it shows you what they're about to do. And it sounds so much whenever we're talking about it, but once you get more and more reps at it and seeing it, it becomes more clear because I can't watch football now as a normal fan. Like I used to, because I, I just sit there and look at everything. I look at the, the safeties. I look at the, you know, the linebackers and everything. I look at the, the D line, how they're lined up and the shades and
0: all that. Dude, I, just... I, have, I totally agree. It's like, I can't even go to a barbecue anymore and watch the yeah. game with the friends. It's you want, you, you look at it totally differently.
1: Yeah, then when someone tries to say something like, oh, they have an out route here, I'm all like, oh, I don't know if you would throw an out route against press man like
0: that, you know, especially a five yard out route. Like, I mean, I'll yeah, like, I'm like, dude, go get me another burger and I'll yeah. keep it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, that, that's good stuff, man. And so, obviously, like from Tulane to Texas Southern is still, still, you know, big time college football. And then moving over to, to Germany. Has there been any difference with any of that as style of play or competition? I mean, GFL is the highest, is definitely the highest level Mm -hmm. um, in really overseas football, I think. But Mm -hmm. has there been any change in that? Is the competition level still pretty high?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not obviously like, it's definitely not as NFL, NFL, CFL level. No disrespect to it, it's not but it is in the, amongst a level that's comparable like depending on what team you're playing. So if you're playing one of the lower end of the team in the standings of the conference or the whole league, then it's going to be like playing, you know, I don't know, like if you're a division 1 like F, like FBS team, a bowl team like a Power 5, it's like you playing a, a division like I guess FCS school if the best comparison. But if sure. you're, like, but if it's a playoff team, it's like the the playing field's level more, so to gotcha. speak. So it all just depends on who you're playing, but there's a lot of good sure. players out there and good teams. So it's, you, the point is like you, it's kind of a wild card that you never know. So you always got to be prepared and right. I mean, you just can't take it lightly. Cause once you do that, obviously as a quarterback, that's whenever you get, you know, you're in trouble. If you take things yeah. like that, you'll miss a lot of details and it will show it in your performance.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, dude so you've got uh, you've got this a few calls or, or a few meetings coming up here pretty soon with with some of these teams um, over in Europe still I know the goal is still CFL NFL mm-hmm. um, but man I would just please keep us updated this was a awesome conversation great to learn about your story and and what you're doing and um, it's awesome stuff obviously either we connected on Instagram or I saw stuff on Instagram or youtube or one of those one of those things and yeah and um so yeah dude please please keep us keep us updated it's so uh so interesting to hear what where you're going to go next
1: yeah uh if you want to hey if you want to hear something that's really going to trip you out um they got leagues and uh they got a league called the x league in japan too yeah like they have that they have they have it in austria as well that's that's like the second kind of close like tie with G, the german league and they got obviously the Italian league, they got Spanish league, and also they Dude,
0: got crazy Brazil.
1: Like it's all over the place. And it's, it's so crazy. awesome. Yeah, it's 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 puts in perspective how much football is more than just the United States culture. Oh, yeah. It's, it's oh crazy. yeah. it's very it's very humbling to just see that.
0: No doubt, and that's a great way to put it. It has totally become a global culture, a global community. Yeah. Um, And it's great to see, like, you see some of these videos of some of the leagues or or some of the teams in Europe where, honestly, some of those dudes should not be playing football. But it's so cool to say, dude, they're a fan. They're a fan of the game, and they're a fan of the sport. And anybody that's a fan and an ambassador of the sport, I'm on board with.
1: That's the thing about the GFL. Like, the fans and the players there, they're second to none. Like, it kind of brings back the high school feel of it. That's how awesome. High school, you just have all your friends and everything. Like everyone just wants to play for the the enjoyment, and it's not because of a job or like the stakes are higher. It's just they play for the enjoyment, and it's really cool. How I mean, honestly, that could go wrong both way. Like it go either way. It could be great or bad because sometimes they may not care as much as you care. But in mm-hmm. the, the day they still, they just get they provide a lot of great support mm-hmm. and just great just camaraderie while you're out there it's just it's just really awesome like you just got to experience it because it's just like a brotherly love that you have out there like you've got make connections all over the world as well so it's really it just it's just surreal whenever i talk about it like yeah making friends in germany a kid from a small town in louisiana mandeville louisiana to make friends in germany that's just crazy
0: right dude yeah. that's awesome well we got it yeah keep us updated with everything because uh Obviously, you know, this January really kind of starts the whole camp season for everybody, and and we'd love to, if you're still around, we'd love to get you to a QBIQ camp and come out and, and hang and, and help teach uh, some of the young yeah, guys.
1: Definitely, definitely.
0: So, Glenn, man, I appreciate you jumping on the QBIQ podcast today, and good luck with everything. Like I said, keep us updated. That will be an awesome story to follow. And just so anybody who's listening, where can they find you? You're not a huge social guy, but where can they find you?
1: Uh, oh, you talking about social media. I'm, I'm yeah. Just, yeah. So social media, you can find me on Instagram. It's going to be Glenn G L E N underscore Kuyet C U I E L L E T T E nine. That's where you find me on Instagram. That's where I do most of my stuff. And if you find me on there, you could just find me anywhere and connect on any
0: other platform after that. Just give me a message and I'll respond to you awesome awesome probably dude probably has the coolest last name in all of football right now which is is it's a tough one but probably one of the coolest Glenn, yeah. appreciate you jumping on man no problem it's a pleasure